Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you for joining with me. We continue looking at that little phrase, one another. As I've said before, there's many, many examples of it in Scripture. This one right here is one which is sort of interesting because uh, a lot of times you, you know, people may be familiar with this passage. You've read through it. Uh, every now and then you might hear a sermon preached on it, but it's going to be pretty rare, honestly. And it's out of 1 Corinthians 7. Uh, the church at Corinth had asked Paul some questions. How do I know that? Because the first verse of 1 Corinthians says, Now concerning the things about which you wrote. Okay, so they'd written him. And they wrote him a letter, and they had some questions about some stuff. Uh, quite often when uh, Paul responds in this way, we don't know what the question was per se. He doesn't give it to us. But because of the answer that he gives, we can extrapolate what the question was. So here's what he says in verse 1 of chapter 7. Now, concerning the things about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. <clears throat> Well, there you go. And you say, well, doesn't everybody know that? Well, not particularly because literally at the very moment that I'm doing this podcast, uh, I have a Twitter feed over on the side of my screen on my computer. And this is the day when uh, Al Franken uh, thing has exploded. I have no idea what it's going to be in the future. And more than likely, it'll get buried because he's a dear friend of the media. But at the moment, it's expl exploding all over Twitter and all over everything because of what he had done with a, uh, a, a lady who's now a reporter uh, when they were on a USO tour. I feel sure there's more things that will pop up. But it's just sort of funny that I'm reading, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, and I'm looking over at a picture where someone has uh, feigned at least touching a woman for the sake of humor, but it's sort of blowing up in his face now some uh, 11 years later. Well, we would say, well, what is he talking about? Well, let's continue because it may be more than you think. It is good for a man not to touch a woman, verse 2. But because of immoralities, each man is to have his own wife, and each woman is to have her own husband. So the question must have been something. I'm going to read another three or four verses here to clarify this. must have been something along the line. Um, well, in light of what we see and a lot of what's happening, do we need to marry? Is it okay to be married? Okay. And then later on in this chapter, he actually deals with virgin daughters. Should we give our virgin daughters away? So it was something along that line. How should we continue pursuing these relationships now that we're saved? Or should we stay unmarried? And he's saying, well, because of immoralities. In other words, because of what you see in other portions of the Scripture, because it is good not to burn for the, with the desires that the Lord has granted us. Okay, For that reason, each man is to have his own wife, and each woman is to have her own husband. Verse 3, he says, The husband must fulfill his duty to his wife, and likewise also the wife to her husband. And you say, well, what duties? Well, let's read the rest of it. Verse 4, The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, also the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Well, isn't that interesting? So verse 5, he says this, Stop depriving one another. There's the phrase, one another. And so there must have been even more to this, this question or this series of questions, whatever the inquiry was, because he's given them a commandment to stop depriving one another. Hmm. 
And then he follows it up in the same sentence. Stop depriving one another, except by agreement for a time, so that you may devote yourself to prayer and come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So, more than likely, what was going on here, and again, we don't have the question, but we see the truths right here. He says, it's good for a man not to touch a woman. He says, okay, that's fine. But apparently what was going on was there were couples here, and let's say that one of them got saved and the other one didn't, or even both of them got saved. And one of the couple is sitting there and not fulfilling the deed to the wife. Verse 3 says that the husband must fulfill his duty to his wife. In other words, and this is speaking of sexual relationships. He said, you must fulfill your duty to one another. And he says, don't with deprive each other except for agreement just for a period of time, only that you may devote yourself to prayer. But then come together quickly because of Satan and what he will do, and he will tempt you with a lack of self-control. So apparently one of the couple was uh, saying, well, no, no, I'm saved now. I want to give myself to the Lord. I want to give more time to this, and I don't want to fulfill this type of duty and have anything to do with this anymore. And he's saying, no, you can't do that. It's interesting that he starts off with the husband saying, the husband fulfilled his duty to his wife, and likewise the wife to her husband. The husband and the wife both have a role, both have uh, responsibility. And that, that the way that he says that, stop depriving one another, uh, gives us an understanding that they knew what was going on, okay, that this had brought forth some friction, and apparently they'd even been brought up to the body of Christ because the body of Christ wasn't quite sure what to do with it, and they wrote to Paul about it. Now, that's interesting, isn't it? Now, this is, uh, you got to remember they were in Corinth, right? And a tremendously uh, sensuous type of town. It'd be like San Francisco today. And a lot of these folks were coming out of pagan worship. And in pagan worship, they would have the temple prostitutes and things like that. There are some dynamics right there that we just simply don't know about. But the principles are the same for all of us. So he's saying this, don't use your physical relationship with one another uh, uh, and deprive one another in any way. Don't use it in a negative sense. He said the only time that you need to do so, to deprive one another, is by agreement. And that's only going to be for a time where you can devote yourself to prayer. Uh, the next verse is sort of interesting. Let me just share this right here, then we'll move on, okay? Verse 6, it says, But this I say by way of concession, not of command. In other words, he's saying, I'm not commanding you to do this. I'm just saying, hey, this is sort of what the situation is. And uh, it, it sort of sets you up what Paul says later on in this chapter, that uh, this is what I'm thinking. This isn't a command to God, but this is what I'm thinking. Well, God left it in the Scripture. And so it is what God's thinking. Uh, the next verse, he said that this, Yet I wish that all men were even as I myself am. However, each man has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. And, and that is just a really very encouraging gift, uh, verse right there because we find out that we all have varied gifts. One will be gifted from God in one way. One will be gifted from God in another way. And apparently what he's saying is, I wish that you were all gifted as I am, that uh, he didn't have a wife at this time. Paul didn't. And he did not have the need uh, for a wife from the sexual point of view, that it was a gift of God that God had granted unto him. He says, well, each man has his own gift, one in one manner, one in another. Now, there's all sorts of debate about this. I suspect, and I sort of know that Paul would have had to have had a wife at some point in time, 
simply because of his position within Judaism. Most everything that I've read and seen, uh, those uh, people in those positions, Pharisees, etc., he would have had a wife. We simply do not know. Okay, we don't know. It's not mentioned anywhere in the Scripture. He could have had a wife and she could have died. He could have had a wife and when he was saved, she could have walked off and left him. We simply don't know. Okay, we don't know. But we do know that once he was saved, that the Lord had gifted him to where this was not a need within his life. Okay, it's not a need. Um, anyway, one another is interesting. Husbands, wife, stop depriving one another, except by agreement for a time, so that you may devote yourself to prayer and then come together again, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for being with me. I'll see you later.